Amen, amen. amen. How many of you are glad that there's only one God? It'd be pretty crowded, wouldn't it? If it was more than one, so we're glad that there is only one God. That's why he doesn't allow any other gods before him. It's not room for more than one. Because he, al he already takes care of all of the space so that he fills every single thing. Uh, the goodness of the living God. If y'all could do me a uh, favor, run that clock back for me. Y'all got me having 15, 14 minutes. Um, <laughs> Um, I'll do 14 minutes for y'all today. Um, one of my professors in seminary said, sermonette makes Christianettes. So uh, <laughs> we want Christians, not Christianettes. So uh, amen. And so I um, want to uh, keep uh, Nadia lift up in prayer. One of our hospitality workers here, uh, one of her students got killed last night. She's taking it pretty hard. Really, really, really from what she said, a really, really stand-up kind of young man who had a phenomenal trajectory and wasn't involved in any uh, mayhem, uh, but just was at the wrong place at the wrong time. And so let's uh, keep uh, her lifted up. Let's keep uh, Casey and Z, both of them lifted up um, as they have lost um, their dad. Also keep, um, uh, uh, um, who is that just went to the hospital? Miss, Miss Sister, yeah, Kelsey, Sister Christie's daughter, Sister Christie, just took Kelsey to the hospital. She's not feeling well. And so um, as we um, dive into our sermon time, let's, let's keep them lifted up in prayer. Why don't you stand to your feet? Why don't you stand to your feet? Um, ready to get in God's word. And then we'll pray for them and pray for the message. Let's, um, when, when 1 Corinthians chapter 9 Verses 24, verses 24 through 27. We're finishing up the chapter today. When you get there, say amen. Amen, amen, amen. amen. Here we go. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Keep going. Amen, amen, amen. I, I I'd like to talk about for a little while um, that we have together today, I want to talk about the game face of the Christian life. Uh, the game face. Look at somebody on your right and say, neighbor, put on your game face. Look on the other side and say, just in case you didn't hear it, put on your game face. Amen, amen, amen. Let's, let's go before the Lord. Living God, we pray uh, for Casey and Z and Nadi and the loss that they are all experiencing, Lord God, and even all of those at Mastery Charter as well uh, who are, are going through that loss and then that young man's family and the challenges that they're going through to raise a child and for him to be hopeful for so many things and then for a mother who carried a child for nine months and birthed him and raised him and that type of thing to now suffer such a tragedy. And so God, uh, like Pastor Larry said, Earlier, we don't know why, uh, but we put our trust in the who. And Lord God, I ask you to strengthen and 
uh, empower the families in this difficult time, every single member of the family, Lord God. And God, I pray today, Lord God, for our time together that you will help us not to appear uh, to be in the Christian life, um, but God, that we would function as soldiers for Jesus Christ. Both men and women, help us to learn what it means to take the Christian life seriously. And Lord God, this is a passage that's calling us to, to, to take it seriously, that, that calling yourself a Christian is not a heaven, a, merely a pass to heaven, but it's a relationship with discipleship requirements on our lives that doesn't save us, but it does reflect that you called us with a purpose. And so, God, I pray that you let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh, God, our strength and our Redeemer in whom we trust. And help your people to be hearers of the word, not, not just hearers of the word, but doers of the word today, Lord God. And I pray, God, that you would send heaven's oil, heaven's spirit, that the ghosts would blow in the way that only he can blow to open up hearts, open up minds, and decrease me that you may throw your weight around and show us who's boss in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Everybody agree with that said? Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. You may be seated. Um, as of late, I haven't watched sports like I used to. Uh, I, I, I just don't. I, I used to love to watch football and used to love to watch basketball, but my time doesn't allow me. Something had to go because I'm one of them all-in people, and there's so many games on. You just I wouldn't have a life, so I I I, I wait till it's about championship, then I tune in a little bit. Uh, but but one of the things I do like because uh, it, it helps me to keep a disciplined life, so I'm not sucked into something because I have addictive tendencies. I I I I, I like boxing. I like to see a good fight. I like UFC. I I like to see a fight, but I don't want to see. You know what I'm saying? Dudes hugging on each other the whole time, you know, doing the waltz and all of that. You know, I, I want to see a good old-fashioned fight where somebody gets knocked out and their eyes cross in their heads. I'm, I'm just sorry. Y'all just got to pray for me. I, 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 you know, I, 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 love to see, I love to see a good fight. But one of, one of the things about, about, about fighting that, that I noticed is, is, is back in the day, man, they, 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 when, when the fights start and they say, come to the center of the ring, and, and the dudes come to the center of the ring, and they be ferociously looking at each other. Like they bought the, like, like, and it's, it's crazy, because it's funny to see the dude to do all the interviews and do all of the talking, you know what I'm saying? And then the other dude don't say nothing, then he get on his face, doing all like that and carrying on and hitting his gloves all hard and getting back and get knocked out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> do all of that and get knocked out. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's the funniest thing to me. But, 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 but I've noticed that people don't look in each other's eyes before the bouts anymore. That's been, that's been really, really weird to me because they don't want, they don't, they don't want the person to get in, get, take their heart from them before the fight. So instead of looking at them, they just save for the fight. So they look around and all that, and then they'll come out fighting. Um, um, but, but, but God calls us to do both. God calls us in the Christian life to look the fight in the eye. He calls you to not only, he wants us to look the fight in the eye, but he also wants us to get out there and to begin to engage in the battle that he's called us to engage in for his honor and glory and praise. And we come here to a passage where Paul has been challenging the Corinthians. Most of their issues have been internal issues up to this point, where God has been, uh, uh, Paul, by way of God, has been challenging them to, com to, to, to commit a, a life of sacrifice. Somebody say sacrifice. 
that he's calling them to a sacrificial lifestyle. And, and what, what, he, what, he, what he's beginning to do is he's going to apply that in this particular, these last few verses of the chapter, he's going to apply that. First, he pointed to them having a sacrificial mindset of the gospel. Number two, under that having a sacrificial mindset from the gospel that helps them to apply a sacrificial mindset in their relationship with other believers. In other words, coming, to, coming into the body of Christ ain't just about you, it's about us. So that means you have to think about more than just yourself. See, most people, when we choose to gather at a church, all we think about is me and mine and what I can get and what you're doing for me and do I get fed and is, how's the worship. And in other words, we, we're diametric. What are people going to do for me? When I, I was gone for three weeks, ain't nobody reached out to me. Ain't nobody, ain't me, 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 me. And so Paul is trying to get God's people off of the me page in relation to them having a sacrificial love for other Christians in the first part of 1 Corinthians 8. Y'all ain't going to talk back to me. It's okay. I keep moving. The first service was the same way. Latter part of the chapter 8, he begins to to go evangelistically. He said, I don't want you to be so ingrown in you loving on each other because you're supposed to, that you become an ingrown toenail and don't engage the people in your environment. And, and, so, and so he said, I want you to have a sacrificial lifestyle that engages other believers, but it also evangelizes the lost. And so, and so as he comes to this and he, he begins to give them what it looks like to practically have a sacrificial disposition that's a part of what every Christian is supposed to be, a fighter. Somebody say fighter. fighter. Oh, you can do better than that. Somebody say fighter. Fighter, fighter, fighter. And so, and so, and so Paul, Paul begins to, to, to let them know what the game face looks like. Well, what, what, what the disposition, if you will, of a Christian is to look like in the whole of the Christian life where we don't become passive bystanders, but we become practically committed to what it means to put up our dukes and get it in. And so we come here to our first point. If you're going to have, know the game face of the Christian life, the first thing you're going to have to recognize based on the text is that the Christian life is a marathon, not a sprint. It's a, it's a marathon. Somebody say Marathon. Let's look at verse 24. He says, do, do you not know that in a race all the runners run? That's such a simple principle. But, but, but it's interesting that in their day, Corinth, of course, <clears throat> they would have been very, very familiar with he, what he's talking about here. And what he's talking about here <clears throat> is he's reflecting the fact that the Olympics did take place in Corinth at one point in time, and especially during their day. So they would have been very, very familiar what it meant to be a runner and what Paul was talking about in their day and how it was held and all that went into that. But what's interesting is he's basically telling them nobody can call themselves a runner if they don't actually run in the Olympics. In, in, in other words, a person, a person can do all, the, all of this and all of that, and they, they can do like this, and they can go like that and do all of these stretches, put on it. They can do all of that. But if they don't get on the track and start running, they're not a runner. He says, so if, if everybody that's supposed to be a runner in the race of Olympics run, why is it that they're Christians that call themselves Christians but don't functionally live out the Christian life? He said, you can't call yourself a Christian and, and, and there's no smell of Christianity on you. Help me today, God. He said, he said you can't call yourself a Christian and you don't, and you don't smell. Listen, it's, you know what I like about pickles? Is you never remember that a pickle's a cucumber. You, you don't even remember it. You, you don't even call a pickle a, a, so, a, a pickle is a marinated cucumber. But because it's been so marinated in that cucumber, uh, in, in whatever the juices, the vinegar and the pickleization, the ministry and everything, 
You know what I'm saying? You don't even call it, you don't even call it a cucumber no more because it's been so soaked in the presence of that stuff that you call it a new name because of what it's been marinated in. All I'm trying to tell you today is, is, is you've been marinated in the blood of Christ. And because you've been marinated in the blood of Christ, you're no longer what you were. You're something brand new in him. It's, it's, that, that's, the, that's the power of change. Let me tell you something. Christianity changes you. You should, you should, you should be different. You, should be, you, should, you, should, you shouldn't be the same person 10 years later as you were 10 years ago if you're in Christ. It's crazy, it's crazy, it's crazy. It, it, it just doesn't make sense. God doesn't play the bench. The Christian life does not have a bench. Christian, the Christian game or life is the only team is as soon as you're born again, you in the game. God put his jersey on you, give you a number, and kick you out the door. You got to go live the Christian life. Get on out there and, 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 get, and, get, and get to whack out going with your Christian life. But, but one of the things about this is they were many times marathon. They, they, you, you, you can't run a marathon sprinting. Go ahead and try to run the 40 in a, in a, 60, in a 26 mile run. Go ahead and start running. You, you ain't gonna get a mile. Your, your, your heart gonna be out here every time you breathe. It's just gonna come out like that. Why? Because a marathon is not meant to be ran like that. A marathon is meant to be paced. And you're supposed, to, you're supposed to drink stuff on the way and toss it in and grab stuff to make sure that while you're running, you're being nourished and you're being developed and so that you can have everything that you need to keep on running in the direction that you're supposed to run because it's a marathon. That's why I like the Bible when it says in Hebrews, running the race with endurance. In, 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 other, in other words, th th this is an enduring race, not a fast race. In other words, it didn't say running the race with sprinting. It didn't say running the race fast. It didn't say running the race with strength. It said running the race with endurance. That's why the Bible says, count it all joy, my brother, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Now, why would it produce endurance? Because in order to live the Christian life, God has to put you in the gymnasio, the gym, so that you can be able to be developed. Let me just tell you something. Don't view the time where you're in a difficult time as a break. When you're in a trial, you're in training. Oh, you, you thought because you, thought you was in the hospital, you ain't had nothing to do. You, you, you thought when you got sick, you ain't had nothing to do. You thought when that person broke your heart, you ain't have nothing to do. But, but what, 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 what that does is, is your trials biblically and in this context is a regimen of training to help you when you get up off of wherever you are to be able to push forward because trials stretch you trials break you trials hurt you trials train you trials make you lift stuff that you would have never have lifted trials make you think stuff that you'd have never thought trials make you go places that you never thought you'd go because trials are a train training gym for the Christian life. <clears throat> That's why you got to take every season of your life seriously. See, 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 don't, don't, that, 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 that's why Paul is telling them every runner runs. Every single person runs. That means there's no time for laziness in the Christian life. <clears throat> Somebody said, well, it's all by grace. Yes, by grace. He graced you to run. 
I'm just leaning in the everlasting arms. Leaning is a disposition of the soul. Your feet need to get to moving. Paul is trying to help them, help them to, to run, the, run the race and get into the game and not letting aside, you know, uh, you know people say, I'm going to set my sanctification aside for a second. That, that you know what you're saying, right? You, you, when you say, I want to set my sanctification aside, that means this has no spiritual Christ-centered anything in it. I am just going to go back to the B.C. days and cuss you into oblivion. You know what I'm saying? That, that, that's what that means. But Paul is calling us to run the race with endurance. And it's interestingly enough that this verse is an application of verse 23. Look what he says. He says, I do it all. What is that? He becomes all things for all men that he may win some for the sake of the gospel. <clears throat> that I may share with them in his blessings. So who is he talking about? When he leads people from spiritual death to spiritual life through the gospel, they automatically get in a sanctification process. When they get in the sanctification process, they begin to share in every blessing of the Christian life. That means the blessing of the Christian life in the context of this is the regimental difficulty of running the race with endurance. Wow. 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 See, most of us don't view pain as a blessing. No, who, who runs a race? It, it, it's so many times in a race. I, I, I've never done the marathon thing. I may do that one day. God <laughs> help me, Holy Ghost, to be able to do it. But I hear there's this thing called the wall. And, and they, they, they say it's, it's a time when you get where everything in your body just locks up on you. And it's really, and, 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 and your mind is the only thing left. And you got to press your way through it, not with your body, with your mind, because if you pay attention to your body, you won't keep going. See, see, if you pay attention to the pain you're going through, you won't keep going. But, 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 but if you recognize that Christ has already done everything for you and he's already pressed through pain, as a matter of fact, he was on a marathon on the cross. Y'all didn't know that. And, 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 and guess how he endured? He was able to remember scripture that he was supposed to apply and what was exactly happened, having the mental faculty with his body being torn to shreds to be able to endure the cross that was set before him for our sake to remember what his purpose was while he was yet on the cross. <laughs> that's, that's, that, that, that running sometimes is standing still. That, I, I, one of my favorite verses in the Bible is stand still and know that I am God. Now, know why that verse is crazy? <clears throat> because you can be active without moving. <clears throat> because the hardest thing during a trial is remember that God is God. Because the first thing that can go out the window is, the, is your belief in his goodness. And so that, 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 that's, where the, that's where the part of running this race and even adding Hebrews to this, running it when endurance happens. And what's beautiful about this is we don't do this by works. It's not you pulling yourself up by your own bootstraps. Paul says in Colossians 1.29, he, he says he's just striving with all of the strength that he so graciously gives. So the striving that you strive with is not personal strength, it's divine strength. That, that means you get help from places that you didn't know you could get help from when you're engaging and doing what God has called you and I to do. First uh, Timothy chapter 6, verse 19 says it great. It says, thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. I love that verse. Yeah. 
that encouraged me this week. Because when you become a believer, you have eternal life. For John said, this is eternal life that you know God and know his only son who he sent. Uh, John 17, 3. That's to have eternal life. That's the definition of eternal life. When you become a believer and you start walking with God, now you have to practically take hold of what he's given to you. You have to take hold of it. Taking hold of it is what it looks like to live in light of the abundant life. And that's what this running is about in these verses. And look, look what he says next. Look what he says next. He says, but only one receives the prize. <laughs> I like that. <clears throat> when he say only one's received the prize, he's, he's doing a mock comparison to the Christian life. Now, we're not in a competition with each other as believers. There is a sense when there is one race, which is the Christian race, which we all run. But when every person is born again, God creates a lane for you. Okay? And when that lane is created, he creates for you, he's using the imagery, that only you can run in this lane. You can't look at somebody else's lane and how they're running and compare your life and your run to their life because their lane is different even though y'all are on the same track. Are you tracking with me? All of us are on the same track as believers, but we only have our lane to run in. And whenever you run out of your lane in their Olympics, you got disqualified. That's why you had to stay in your lane. That's why I like when Jesus say, each one must take up his own cross and follow me. That means every individual Christian has a God-appointed, sovereignly providential cross as a backpack for God to put on your back. And so each person has their own unique challenges, their own, their own unique places in their life that need crucifying. There may be similarities, but that's your cross. Every single day you get up, family of God, you should, before you leave the house, put on your backpack. It should be bleeding across the city. Splinters from dragging crosses of believers going through the city living for the Lord Jesus Christ running in your lane and leaving the trails and the tracks of the glory of God wherever you go and wherever you dwell and wherever you live, living your journey, even though it's, you are an individual, it's not individualistic. Because you're still part of a community, therefore, you don't try to use your individualistic journey to supersede the requirement to be a part of a local body. However, you're supposed to, in unison with everybody on the track, run in your individual lane with everybody else is running on the track. Are you tracking with me? And so, and so this is very, very important that Paul is laying this foundation. Some of you have been disappointed with how God has developed your journey. That when you look at people around you, they're doing better than you or different than you. And you're disappointed in the way God shaped their journey. Your journey ain't their journey. And you got to not let that demand you to try to look at somebody else's lane. The other side of it is to try to compare what you are to make yourself feel better by how God doesn't seem to be working in somebody else's life to feel better about yourself based on what God is not doing in someone else. Both are a misnomer because where you are is a grace, where they are is a grace. They're on a different stage on the track. They're on a different stage of life. And what you have to do is encourage the brother or sister beside you, but stay in your lane and do what God called you to do. It's the problem with so many of us. We, 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 we are in a deep comparison society where, where we base our standard off of comparison versus Christ. Let's all line Christ up and see how we line up with him versus how we line up against somebody else. 
Jesus is the best standard. Let me just tell you this. This is for free. Some of you, God is seeming to done some stuff slow. Wait on him. Keep, keep running the race with endurance. Keep running. Keep on running. But don't let your running be based off of what you want God to do for you. See, most of us want to run as long as God does what we want him to do for us somewhere on our track. But, 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 but the goal of it is to finish, not to get what you want. The goal is to finish the race. That's God's big goal. If we would just align our goals up with God, our life would, we, would, we would cry less about stupid stuff if we would just line our will up with God's will. <laughs> it's, it's some stuff in our life that has been, so we've been soaking in disappointment because we've created, created a will of God that's not his but ours. And when he doesn't do it or do it in our timing, we equate our value in the Christian life on what he has or has not done for us versus running the race with endurance. So God wants us to, to be those type of people. One, 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 transla- one, one, one analytical key says, th- th- it means running this race means to run like a winner. That's what it literally means, to run like a winner. <coughs> I'm, one of the things about the Christian race is you're not running the race really to win it. You're not. You're running because it's already been won. All you're doing is participating in the win that's already won, but the game was over 2,000 years ago. <laughs> you just get clocked when you finish that you're done. That's all. You're like, Dad, what I do? You just ran the race, but Christ already ran this. He ran the entire track for us. That's why he's in heaven interceding for us to finish. Now, how you run on the track doesn't make you more saved. It just makes you, it just shows off you being faithful to the one who called you. All right? That's very, very important for us to understand. Next point. If you're going to put on the game face of the Christian life, number two, the Christian life demands training and preparation. (laughs) Oh, my God, this is crazy. Look what he said. He said, every athlete exercises self-control. Somebody say self-control. He said, self-control in all things, they do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. The idea is interesting. Exercise control is one word in the Greek. It it means to to resolutely control one's desires. It means come to a point where you are going to do without some stuff for a greater good. (laughs) It, It means to keep one's emotions and impulses and desires in check. It it, it literally means that I want this, but this isn't the best for me now. Not, Not even just the best for me now, but it's not the best for the greater good of what God wants me to do. Help me today, God. Let me give you an example. I was watching these bodybuilders. I like documentaries. I was watching these bodybuilder documentaries, and man, they was all out of shape, and, 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 they, and they was, you know, they was globulous with theirs, right? They was mad gordo, right? And, um, and, 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 and man, they, they got back and they ready. He's like, we ready. They, I mean, cat had ice cream, cake, all kinds of stuff they was eating. But, but, but they looked at what their body is supposed to be like. 
and, and they got that in their mouth, pow, because they remember what it looked like to be musculated, right? And so they said, pow, I'm going get back in there. So what they did is they had all this fat. So what they began to do is they threw out everything that would tempt them to eat what they weren't supposed to eat so they could look like that image, okay? And so what they began to do is they, got, they went to Sam's or BJ's or whatever, Costco. They bought a bunch of uh, uh, grilled chicken, broccoli, all these different things, you know, snap peas and all these different types of things. Just drank water, all of that. And what they began to do, just put on the grill, no seasoning, nothing, and just start eating. Because, they were, they, 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 because of the image that they wanted to get to, they were willing to throw out junk that was causing them to add to their body what wasn't helpful for them looking like the image. But what one of the, one of, one of, one of the weightlifters said, everybody has a six-pack. You just got to get the fat out of the way so that the six-pack can be seen. See, I'm just telling you right now, in the spirit and in the physical, all of us got a six-pack. But you got to be willing to throw some junk in your life out and, and begin changing your diet so that you can train for the regiment that God has for you. <coughs> Nothing comes easy. And that's why he's saying train yourself, have some self-control. <coughs> that means there may be some people that may need to not be in your life because they make you lose control. Amen. Music ain't the only thing to make you lose control. As Missy Elliott said, people can make you lose control. Somebody going to get that on the way home. There, there, there's some people and some places and some things in your life that, that, that's not on the regiment for you. And, 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 and that's, that's why I don't like to go to the gym with people that want to talk. <laughs> they just walk around, they, they got a sweat towel on, and, they, and they, they're always the ones with the, what the, what's it called, the belt, the weight belt on. You know what I'm saying? Sh shirt sleeve cut all off, you know what I'm saying? And they're walking around, ain't got no muscles. I don't know why. You lift weights, you feel like you're a little bigger, so you begin to walk around like you, get, like you swole or something. You know, and them people always want to say, hi, how you doing? What you been up to? I'm like, man, I'm trying to get it in. I need you to get away because all you want to do is run your mouth and you're messing up my training. Listen, so, uh, listen, that's what some folk are like in your life when you're trying to train for your regiment for the Lord Jesus Christ, and you need to say bye-bye. Paul begins to go down further, and he begins to say, he says, he says, they do not receive a perishable wreath. They, they receive a per perishable wreath, but we are imperishable one. And he begins talking about the nature of the reward. And what's interesting is the Bible never defines what the reward is going to be. Paul sometimes will call it a crown of life. But he, never, but he never says, this is what the reward is going to look like. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm inclined to believe that God is just saying, I just got a surprise for you if you just be faithful. You're going to see me, but I got a surprise for you as well. And, and, and that's what I believe in my spirit because God hasn't defined it for us in the scriptures. Next point. If you're going to have on the game face of the Christian life, the next thing you're going to have to do is you're going to have to the Christian life is to be lived on purpose. Must be lived on purpose. So I do not run aimlessly. Somebody say aimlessly. aimlessly. Underline, asterisk, highlight, whatever you, bracket, all of that, that word aimlessly. I do not run as one, I, don't, I do not box as one beating the air. This word aimlessly 
is a word that means to show a lack of certainty or goal. It's interesting. Paul says, in my spiritual life, in reaching people and engaging people and in living the Christian life, I, 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 I have goals in my life. In, 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 in other words, I'm, I'm not just all over the place. Oh, I'm, I'm if I ask one more young man, if I ask one more young man, what do you want to do, do with your life in five years? And he said, I don't know. I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm going to, I am going to scream in Cantonese. I'm just letting you know right now. I'm going to scream because I am sick. In other other words, there should not be an aimless believer at all. The Bible said people without vision are unrestrained. In other words, there's no telling what you'll do. Now, I'm not just talking about career. Paul's not talking about career here. Most of us only believe we have purpose if our passion and our career is lined up together. And if those two, if my career helps me to get a lot of money, and if my career helps me feel like I'm good, feel good about myself, then that's my purpose. Paul is not talking about natural vocation here. He's talking about spiritual vocation. In other words, your purpose transcends your job. Most of our value is found. He, he, said, he said, I'm not running aimlessly, like running all up in cast lanes, knocking people over in the run. And Paul, Paul wants us to have a life that, 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 that's certain and that we're not tossed all over the place. But having purposefulness in our life. That's why he says, I, I, I'm, he said, I do not run aimlessly. I, I do not run with uncertain, um, uncertainty. He said, I don't run with unintentionality. It's very, very interesting. <laughs> that you see in the Lord Jesus Christ such powerful purpose. You know, I mean, Peter comes to him, and you know, Jesus is like, I must suffer many things under the Pharisees and Sadducees, and then I must be delivered up and crucified. And Peter came to him. He said, he started rebuking Jesus. How are you going to rebuke Jesus? Right? Yeah, Jesus, that's never going to happen. And Jesus said something interesting. He looked at him and said, get behind me, Satan. You are setting your interest on the interests of men, not on God. In other words, if you're not clear about what God wants you to do in your life, people will try to give you something to do. Don't waste your life in aimless purposelessness, and don't put your life on hold for nobody. See, having a, having a life of purpose and, and, and a life of aim means that, that, that I'm driven by transcendent principles that, it, that infuse everything that I do. That means my job doesn't control my geography. These different things don't control my geography. What control, but what Paul is beginning to say is there's some things that are biblical principles that control why I make the decisions that I make. You know, I, I, remember, I remember one older guy was talking to a younger guy, and, and, and older guy, the younger guy was saying, yo, yo, yo what, should I take this job or this ministry opportunity or this one? And it was interesting. He didn't give him the answer that he wanted. He said to him, he said, son, takes the one that makes you walk by faith. Because Romans 14, the last verse said, anything done without faith is sin. So, so the issue is, does faith in Christ guide your life? Does avoiding difficulty define your life? 
Uh, in other words, when, when you have biblical guiding principles in your life that help you to walk in biblical direction, it helps you to make better, clear decisions even when you're not, you're not going where you want to go. And that's why Paul says, I don't run the Christian life as an aimless walk. People need direction and vision and purpose that's not centered on them, but that's centered on the glory of God through Jesus Christ. And so that's why Paul says, I don't run aimlessly in relation to this. I have these guiding principles that run and guide and develop my life. And he not only says that, he says, not only do I not run aimlessly, he said, I do not box as one beating the air. That's crazy. <laughs> uh, 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 you know, it, it's interesting. Um, Paul, in their day, to beat the air was disrespectful in a fight. Uh, because, first off, you, you know, when you beat the air... You're not hitting anything, and you waste energy. You waste a whole lot of energy. You waste a whole lot of stuff. And I remember when I was little, I was in fifth grade. I was in fifth grade. I just got glasses, so everybody thought I was fair game once I got glasses. And I was one of them kids, I didn't like the fight. I, I just didn't. Um, um, but you had to back me in a corner, and I come out like a rat or scrappy-doo or somebody. Um, Y'all didn't know what I'm talking about. But, um, and man, one this dude named Kellis Anthony, he kept... He just kept bullying me, just kept bullying me, and just kept bullying me. And man, I, I, I took off my, always watch when the nerd take off his glasses. <laughs> and, and watch, watch the nerd take, and, 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 and man, and man, because this dude said, leave Eric alone, I'm telling you, Eric, I think he, I, you might want to fall back. And he kept pushing my head every day. One day, I just got tired of him, and like my eyes blacked out like a shark's. And I hit him with like a five-piece combination. Wop, wop, wop. Shorty was dazed, looking all in five directions, you know what I'm saying? And then, and then I ran and stood behind the teacher after that. <laughs> and um, and, uh, and uh, then, then, then he was trying to get me all day to do stuff, so the teacher finally put him out of class. So he on the outside of the joint, going like this, and you know, talking about three o'clock, he gonna knock me out and all this stuff. Y'all you know, doing like this in the door, and then and he going like this, because he out in the hallway, he was on punishment, he had detention. So as soon as we got outside, he tried to swing on me. The eyes blacked over again. Rock, 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 rock. Dude didn't, he didn't want to get up after that because his hands was getting at him, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and his shadow boxing didn't help him. He looked good fighting when he was beating the air, but when he was in the actual fight, he got knocked out. Don't be like that. <coughs> Some of us look good talking about the Christian life. If I, if I was the children of Israel, I wouldn't have done this. If I was the disciples, I'd have did this. If I'd have, if I'd have, oh, shut up and get your crazy, big mouth talking self in the Christian life and walk with Jesus. And see, let me tell you something. A real believer don't brag about what they do anyway. A real believer, when they look up the broken people in the Bible, they say, if I was there, I probably would do the same thing. But, 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 but yet without the grace of God, we're where we are. And so what's beautiful about being in Christ is you got to help in your fights. I'm closing. Last thing, last thing, last thing, last point. The Christian life is an empowered fight. Look at verse 27. He says, but I discipline my body. Keep it under control. <coughs> lest I preach, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. Amen. He said, but I discipline my body. That, 
that, that, that idea there of disciplining my body is beating yourself into subjection. Now, 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 now what, it, what, it, what it does not mean is asceticism of, of beating yourself as a way of atoning for your sin. Christ has already done that. What Paul is talking about is a, is a principle that John Owen talks about is mortification of sin. And what it's talking about in this mortification process is you've been saved by Christ's death on the cross. But when you get saved, God hands you three things. Number one, he hands you a cross. Number two, he hands you a hammer. And number three, he hands you a nail. And what you're supposed to do as you take up your cross daily is whenever there's something that gets in the way of your intimacy with him, you nail it onto that cross. <laughs> it doesn't atone for your sin, but it's participation in what Christ has already done to agree. You nailing yourself to the cross is agreeing that Christ did it for you. So every time you repent from sin and you nail that particular thing that's in your heart and in your life to the cross, you say, Christ, I agree with what you did for me on the cross. And whatever it is that gets in your way, and he's going to talk about it in a second, and he's going to talk about later when we get back into this next section in chapter 10 about everything amounting to idolatry, is your life is filled with being crucified. That's why he says... He says, he, says, he says, it's not only I that live, but Christ that live in me. And the life I now live in the cross, I live to the glory of the Son of God. Why? Because he died for me. Because we've been crucified with him. And so I'm praying that we as believers take the Christian life seriously. That, that, whining about where you are. God has given you power. I don't know why I keep doing it. I don't know. No, no, I like the way Piper said He said, make war. You're a fighter. You're, you, you were created to fight. And the greatest person in the world that you need to fight is not Satan. You need to fight the enemy that's in a me. <laughs> that's the greatest fight. And, and, and if we can get we out the way, our life would be so different. And so I'm praying that we would get in the game. <clears throat> that we wouldn't treat our life passively and treat our sin passively, but we would commit our lives to living a banging, cruciform life for the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, <clears throat> we honor you. We bless you and thank you for cruciformity. Thank you. Um, God, that, I, uh, that you, you have desires and goals for us, and the flesh and our personal desires will get in the way of those things. And so I'm praying God, that we would rebuke aimlessness and that we would rebuke not taking up our cross and embracing what Christ has done for us, for us to participate in growing spiritually in you, Lord Jesus. And so that not only that it may be for us, but so that we can reach more people with the gospel and that our lives may be chiseled more effectively into the image of the Lord Jesus Christ as we train to shed the fat of our mess to get to the muscle and leanness of the training weight that we need to get to to continue to run the race with endurance and to honor and to glorify your name with all strength and all power that you've given to us through the finished work of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Everybody agree with that said?
Amen. Let, let our men come. But before that, I want to I want to I want to make an offer out here. You know, many many of us.